0: Invité à retourner à sa respiration. Ainsi, notre énergie collective de pleine conscience nous rassemblera en un organisme, coulant comme une rivière, sans plus aucune séparation. Que la sangha tout entière respire comme un seul corps, chante comme un seul corps, écoute comme un seul corps, et
1: transcende les frontières d'un soi illusoire, nous libérant ainsi des complexes de supériorité d'infériorité et d'égalité. (coughs)
0: <coughs> Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, Sunday, the 1st of July, 2012, and we are in the Low Hamlet, in the Assembly of Stars Meditation Hall, during our Day of Mindfulness. When you um, set up a practice center, You have to think of a Sangha, because a practice center without a permanent Sangha is like a plate without anything in on it. Suppose you have an apple, and you need a plate to put the apple in, So the practice center is to house the sangha. And the sangha is uh, a group of people who live there and practice uh, day and night. They are the the fruit that is uh, uh, displayed on a plate. (coughs) And the practice center should be a place where um, The environment is good, healthy, nourishing and healing. So you as a (coughs) Sangha builder, you have to know how to build up a practice center. You have to bring in many elements of uh, nourishment, healing, so that uh, your practice center can can be a refuge for many people. And if uh, in the practice center, the Sangha is a happy Sangha, if uh, everyone in the Sangha is capable of uh, generating the energy of of, uh, joy, happiness, brotherhood, sisterhood, And then, that is a good practice center. Because uh, living in that uh, place, (coughs) they generate together a collective energy of peace, of uh, joy, of brotherhood, sisterhood, that can be healing for everyone. And we become the refuge for many people. A person who comes from far away, when she arrived, she feels right away the energy of uh, the practice center. And then, um, if she continued to be there, allowed herself to be embraced by the collective energy of uh, mindfulness of uh, uh, peace, of, uh, of joy, and then the healing will take place in her. Even if she, she does not try a lot to practice. Just uh, putting yourself in a good environment, and then the healing can, can begin already. So the problem of environment is important. And that is not to say that the person who arrived try also to practice. And to practice here means to allow yourself to be there. Your body may be there, but your mind is not there. So you have to bring your mind to your body, and you allow yourself to be in the center of practice. And you uh, allow. Uh, the ener- the co- collective energy of the sangha to embrace you. And there is pain, sorrow, fear, anger, despair in your heart. You entrust yourself to the sangha. My dear sangha, this is my pain, my sorrow, my despair. Uh, alone, I would not be able to embrace it. So I open my heart. So so that the whole Sangha can help me embrace, recognize and embrace the pain, sorrow, and despair in me. And if the person who just arrived allowed herself to be open and to embrace by the Sangha, she will get um, uh, uh, a relief, she will get uh, some transformation healing very soon. And a few days staying in the practice center uh, can make her, uh, him or her a new person. Then, in the practice center, people practice um, mindfulness. Uh, Walking mindfully, uh, sitting mindfully, eating mindfully, always uh, dwell in the present moment. And uh, mindfulness brings about concentration. And concentration help us to see things more clearly and more deeply, uh, so that we are not uh, victim We are no longer victims of wrong perceptions. And what uh, we do, what we say, what we think will bring uh, positive uh, energy to us and to the people around us. The the practice of mindfulness is uh, concrete by the five mindfulness trainings. The first training is uh, to, um, to protect life of all species. The second training is um, true, uh, true happiness. Many of us do not, know, do not know what true happiness is. And many of us are chasing after things that we believe to be happiness. But maybe we are uh, chasing after something else and not just uh, not uh, happiness. And third, uh, the third uh, mindfulness training is um, true love. Uh, anyone needs to love and to be loved, but maybe we have not known what is true love, so we have to, to learn and to generate the energy of true love, to nourish ourselves, and to help nourish uh, other people around us. And the fourth training is uh, mindful, uh, mindful uh, speech, loving speech, and deep listening. Now we train ourselves to listen in, in such a way that we can help the other pe- pe- people speak out and suffer less we train ourselves to say things in such a way that can help uh, the other per- person understand herself and understand us better. And that kind of uh, practice of um, love and space and deep listening will be able to restore communication and bring about reconciliation. And the four and the five and fifth practice, the piece of mindfulness, the fifth uh, um, training is, uh, is to consume mindfully, so that we will not bring any more uh, toxins, poisons into our body and into our mind. And together, when we practice the five mindfulness trainings, we generate a very healthy uh, environment. And those who come with us, uh, if they allow themselves to be in that other, uh, environment, they will get the key, healing, of course. <laughs> if, uh, if that person stays seven days, or ten days, in a practice center, the way she eats, the way she uh, drink, the way she... Uh, she thought the way she thinks will be influenced by the collective energy of the, of the Sangha. And she, she begins to get the purification of her body and her, her mind. Because if she finds herself among us, uh, she, she, she will practice naturally and easily the Five Mindfulness Trainings. She will learn how to walk mindfully, to, uh, to breathe mindfully, to say things mindfully, to eat mindfully, uh, and uh, learn to stop in order to be in the here and the now. <coughs> Shri go practice uh, um, eating, uh, consuming uh, with the Sangha. So uh, she she, she does not get the toxins, the poisons, anymore into her body and into her mind. So the way we eat together, we drink together, we walk together, we sit together, uh, is an act of uh, purification. We do not allow these kind of poisons and toxins to penetrate into our body and our mind, because our envi- env- environment is safe. It's, it's uh, very uh, clear that if one person find himself in such a healthy environment, that person will, will get the purification, uh, in order to but to heal himself, and nourish himself. So that is uh, the the virtue of a practice center. And building a practice center is a very noble uh, thing to do. If you devote your life to build a practice center like that, you create a a refuge for so many people, a place for healing, transformation. And you can take refuge in, um, in that place also. And that is why after enlightenment, the Buddha uh, started right away to look for elements of his uh, Sangha, in order to build a, 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 a Sangha, a practice center. Uh, imagine the Buddha without uh, a practice center, without a Sangha, he cannot do much. So we practitioners, we have to think of building a, a practice center setting up a sangha so that we can produce, we can generate the kind of energy that can be healing and, and uh, nourishing for for the world. Uh, our friends who have come to Plum Village, uh, to our retreats of a little bit everywhere in the world, uh, they are motivated by the desire to go home, and set up a practice center in the city, so that they can continue the practice and can help, um, and, and can offer the opportunity of uh, transformation and hearing for other people. <coughs> suffering is part of, uh, of life. and. Uh, <coughs> With the practice of mindfulness, we will learn how to make uh, good use of suffering in order to produce uh, peace and happiness and joy. Mm. In the teaching of the Buddha, uh, suffering is very important. If you know how to understand suffering, if you know how to make good use of suffering, you can produce joy, happiness, and compassion. Compassion and understanding cannot be produced without suffering. Suffering is uh, everywhere. And if we don't know how, we will be overwhelmed by suffering. We will be crushed by suffering. But if we know how to look deeply into the nature of suffering, if we know how to make good use of suffering, we can we can create understanding and compassion. That are two ingredients, basic ingredients to making happiness. Because without understanding and compassion, no happiness is possible. A person who has no understanding and um, compassion in him uh, is a very lonely, cut off person. Uh, cannot relate to anyone, any living beings. And that cannot be a happy person. So generating uh, the energy of understanding and compassion, uh, we can create happiness. And uh, if we want to generate the energy of understanding and compassion, we have to be in touch with suffering in ourselves and around us. Looking deeply will bring understanding. Understanding here means means understanding suffering. And understanding suffering gives rise to compassion. You don't blame anymore, you don't want to punish anymore. Uh, And you want to help, that is uh, compassion. This is like um, growing lotus flowers. If you do not have the mud, you cannot grow lotus flowers. So suffering is the mud, and lotus flowers is uh, happiness and love. You need the mud to produce uh, lotus, you need suffering in order to produce happiness. This is the law of interbeing. Suffering and happiness, they inter-are. Without one the other cannot be. Uh, suffering and happiness they are all organic. Happiness, if not well taken care of, will become suffering. Your love if you do not know how to how to feed your love, your love will become hate and an- anger. And if you are suffering your hate your anger, if you know how to make use of it, you can uh, uh, transform it back into love. So they are all organic, and you are an organic gardener. You have the power to transform uh, hate back to love, anger back to love. Uh, mindfulness, Mm, the practice of mindfulness can help us to recognize suffering in us and to um, mm, to look deeply into the suffering so that understanding may arise and to te- together with understanding compassion will arise and uh, if uh, compassion and understanding arise with mindfulness, we know that the element of uh, holiness is there. The holy is made of uh, non-holy elements. Sin, suffering, uh, wrong perceptions, uh, jealousy, uh, despair, all these are, are, are not holy elements, non-holy elements. And if you know how to make good use of them, you can produce holiness. So understanding of suffering, uh, compassion, the capacity to, 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 to produce uh, um, compassion, the capacity to look at other people with the eyes of compassion uh, is holiness and all of us have the power to do that if we understand suffering if we allow the energy of um, of uh, compassion to arise in us we have the element of holiness in us and people and uh, with the element of holiness in us we don't suffer anymore and we know that holiness is is, is made of non-holy non-holy elements namely suffering and afflictions uh, holiness is also of an organic nature so when you practice uh, five mindfulness trainings, you cultivate the element of holiness in you. And that element of holiness makes you a happy person, you suffer less. And you don't have to look for the element of holiness in in saints, in, uh, in the Dalai Lama only, or in the Pope only. Uh, when I see you speaking with compassion, when I see you looking with the eyes of compassion, I know you have the element of holiness in you, and I like to call you your holiness. Holiness is that. Holiness is um, something like the, the Holy Spirit, the energy of God. And in Bo- the Buddhist tradition, when you speak of mindfulness, concentration, uh, insight, compassion, understanding, that is holiness. And we have seeds of holiness in us. And if we recognize the seed of understanding, compassion, mindfulness, uh, concentration in us, and we allow these seeds to, to manifest, and then we have the element of holiness, the energy of holiness in us. And we suffer less. And we can help people suffer less. So holiness is available to every one of us, because the seed of holiness is uh, present in every one of us. Every one of us is capable of being mindful. When we walk, when we sit, when we look, when we eat, when we consume, and practicing the five mindfulness trainings, we are able to generate the element of
1: holiness.
0: (coughs) And that is why uh, 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 lay people who have received the five mindfulness trainings are encouraged to recite the five trainings every two weeks with the sangha, so that the practice of the trainings can deepen day by day so that they can continue to generate uh, the energy of holiness. And with a sangha, it's much easier to, to do so, to practice. And that is why we need a practice center. And when we become a monastic, you take ten precepts, ten mindful, mindfulness trainings, and uh, you add into uh, the five trainings another element called uh, celibacy, and you go, you want to go further, deeper. And uh, in the tradition, Buddhist, Buddhist tradition, um, the life uh, the life of a monastic. Uh, um, it's called uh, a holy life, mm. brahmacharya. A <coughs> monk or a nun, they live a life that is pure, that is holy, it's called uh, Brahmacharya Paraman. They practice, uh, of course, the five trainings, but they have uh, uh, five more trainings. And one of them is uh, celibacy. <laughs> they may practice uh, three uh, three years as a novice, and after that, uh, if the sangha um, uh, think it is uh, good enough, and then he will be able to. Uh, to receive the full ordination of a bhikshu. And of course, a monk, a nun is supposed to leave the sanya because it's a very difficult uh, to live as a monastic uh, outside of the Sangha. Because with the Sangha, you get all the support you need in order to uh, practice uh, the mindfulness trainings. And you need uh, a teacher, you need big brothers, big sisters, in order to, to guide you in your practice. So during the training, as a novice, you always need uh, a sangha. Brahma means um, holy, means um, noble. Acharya means uh, action, life, the holy life. So to be ordained, to be a novice, means to begin a holy life. And including the, the practice of celibacy, uh, you purify yourself, body, and mind. And you want to become an instrument of the Buddha in order to, to, to serve more. Uh, a, per, a lay person who practices well can serve the, the world. But, um, but, um, but when that person becomes a monastic, uh, his capacity to serve the world become much uh, greater. During the 21-day retreat, there was a lady living in the Lower Hamlet. Uh, she is a businessman. A very successful businessman. She has spent 18 years in Europe and America uh, doing business. She sent from Beijing to Munich. And she has a lot of uh, uh, experiences doing business. And she could do a lot of things for her country, for her people and her family and so on. But uh, during the time she spent here, uh, in the retreat of the 21 day, uh, she suddenly gets a, a new desire. She wants very much to bring this uh, practice of transformation and hearing to in China. Because uh, when she compares the work she's doing, that can be helpful also, to the work of uh, uh, helping people to practice, to transform and heal. She thinks uh, her country needs a l- very much this kind of practice, especially for the younger generation. So she wrote a letter to Thai to the Sangha, and she said that uh, my, my wish, my deep wish now is to become a monastic. I like to be trained in plum village, so that uh, one one day I will go back to the main land of China and bring this practice home, because that will be very helpful to people of my country. And she said that, um, I will take um, six months of uh, leave, and I will try uh, to live in plum village as, as an aspirant <laughs> and if um, if I am accepted by the Sangha to ordain as a nun uh, that 's the best I will devote all my life in order to serve my people I will bring this practice of plum village to uh, to mainland China but if the Sangha, sangha did uh, do not does not think that I am good enough. And then I will go back to China also and practice as a lay person, and try to do the same. I Bring the teaching back to China as a lay person, if not as a a monastic. Because she saw that as a monastic kid, she can do better. So, uh, so when you become a monastic, uh, you have a, a broader path in order to to go further. Uh, people like Thay Phap Yun, Thay Phap Nien, Sogyal Nam, Sogyal Jangkhong, Sogyal Dham, uh they, they are able to do a lot of things as a monastic. Sri wrote a book called Mở Thêm Rộng Lơn to open up the path. As a lay person, I was very effective, I can help a lot, but now I want to mở thêm rộng lơn to make the path bigger. Instead of a lane, it's become a kind of a highway. So, so to be a monastic is to, to give ourselves a greater opportunity to serve to serve your people, your country, um, to serve the planet, to serve uh, uh, living beings. And if you live uh, the the holy life of a monk or a nun, you can do a lot of things. If you talk to a number of uh, monastic brothers and sisters in Plum you see that they are able to do a lot of things just because they are a simple monastic. They are free. They are not overloaded with uh, worries and uh, business. They don't have a family uh, to take care of. Uh, They can devote all their life, all their energy and their time in order to serve uh, 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 the path of uh, awakening, the transformation and healing. And that is the Brahmacharya, holy life of a monastic. And that can bring a lot of happiness uh, to many people. Uh, first of all, to our brothers and sisters living in the same community. And when you become a monastic, your, your desire, your, <coughs> your volition, your aspiration is so strong. That you can give up everything. And take up only one thing: the willingness to transform and to serve. And that is what the Buddha did when he left uh, his palace at the age of uh, of what? twenty-nine? twenty-nine Are you more than twenty-nine? nine? <laughs> or less than twenty-nine <laughs> They left at the age of. Sixteen. Desire, that kind of aspiration that pushes you to become a, a monastic is called Bodhicitta, the mind of enlightenment, the mind of love. And according to Pai's experience
1: <coughs>
0: if you maintain to if you are capable of maintaining that uh, bodhicitta, that desire, that aspiration. Um, alive, and then you continue to be a happy monk or happy nun. And with that uh, huge energy in you, you are not afraid of anything. You are capable of overcoming all kinds of uh, obstacles uh, on your way. And that is why it's very important to preserve uh, our Bodhisattva, our mind of love, our mind of enlightenment, our aspiration alive, life, because uh, that energy uh, in our heart could make us uh, a strong, a great uh, living being, maha, Mahasattva. And when a person is... Um, inhabited by that kind of energy, bodhicitta, bodhitam.
1: <coughs>
0: Her eyes is bright. Her way of walking is... Uh, 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 stable. So that energy in that person can be seen because uh, that person has uh, uh, has bodhicitta, the mind of enlightenment, the mind of love, and it is with that kind of uh, energy that the Buddha, that Siddhartha, began his uh, practice. He had encountered so many difficulties before he he, he became a Buddha became a teacher. And after becoming a a teacher, he still encountered a lot of difficulties, but he never gave up. And he was able to continue beautifully until today. And you can get in touch with him, his teaching and his practice. In a few days, on, uh, it means on July the 4th, we shall have a ordination ceremony uh, of uh, a number of young people into the family of uh, monastics. There may be uh, 19 are there, <coughs> of us. A number of them will be in uh, Thailand, and the ceremony, the ordination, ordination ceremony will be mm-hmm. online also uh, to Taiwan. To <coughs> so please, uh, dear Sangha, come and support uh, the ordination ceremony of our young people. About uh, three years after practicing as a novice, uh, uh, they will be able uh, to um, to receive the pratimoksha, full ordination to be a monk. And uh, in the last uh, uh, five years, we have opened the door for the young people to try their you know, five uh, five year uh, five year um, training and practice uh, as a monastic. So uh, we have the, the young people have the opportunity to try the holy life for five years, and after five years, uh, they the, if uh, if uh, there, there will be people who, who 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 continue as a monastic because uh, they are happy with the practice, they see the opportunity to continue to serve as a, a monastic, so they will continue. And if not, they they will uh, they become a lay practitioner again, and become a and be trained to be a lay Dharma teacher. I think that is true for, for that Chinese uh, lady. If uh, she was trained, uh, she was accepted by the sangha, and then she will be a monastic uh, teacher later on uh, to bring that practice into mainland China. And if not, she will be a lay uh, dhamma teacher, going back to China. But she, she likes to be, she prefers to be a monastic. <coughs> now today, uh, after the walking meditation, we shall have uh, a formal meal. And there will be a, a formal request for ordination for uh, the aspirants. And we have a chance to see, uh, 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 to, to recognize our our, our The demo talk is long enough. <laughs> <laughs>